Welcome to Catterday Checkdown. Boys, we are four days away from kickoff. I'm here with Braden Neviews and Jacob Childers. Braden, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. It's officially game week. It's football time in the bluegrass. I am so excited and I'm so ready to get going. Jacob, how about you? Doing a lot better knowing Kentucky football is kicking off in four days. Exactly, exactly. So there's plenty to get to, of course. Um, I don't think Braden actually caught up with um, – I got to listen to any Mark Stoops, as always. So um, I know was... every word he said, like verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with that being said, guys, I just, I, I just want to start by saying I think this season can be really special. I mean, everything's there for the taking. That schedule is tough, though. I mean, it's one that you look at and you're like, you know, eight and four – I feel like everybody says Kentucky's going to go eight and four, don't you guys? Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just the boring pick now. But I mean, eight and four is the safe pick. I mean, to me, that's the safest route. But I mean, being the optimist that I am, I, I of course I predicted Kentucky to go nine and three in our uh, schedule prediction podcast. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think eight and four is kind of everyone's like you know safe prediction. So. Yeah, it, it feels like some some years for sure it's like that. Like there's just, you know, you can go down the schedule and, and, and look at one game that Stoops, a Stoops team always loses and they shouldn't, which I think really happens a lot in the SEC. I mean, it's not just Kentucky. It's just, you know, that, that schedule's so damn tough that it's hard to win week in and week out. Um, but anyway, so there's Kentucky plays a football game Saturday, guys. Um, Ball State's going to travel to Lexington. I guess starting it off, how important do you think do you guys think this game is? I mean, as far as first game jitters, getting that out of the way. I mean, do you look at some games last like in, in previous? It seems like across college football, nobody ever covers their first week, um, unless you're our boys, Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jacob, our, our boys Vandy didn't look too good the other night. No, no they, they did not. Let's talk about that. Can we talk about that first? <laughs> No, we're going to skip that section, actually. Well, let's not, actually. I think we should talk about it. Uh, that, considering listen, I, that I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, you did? You well, finally I don't started know. buying in. Well, I mean, I don't know if anybody uh, follows me on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it now, but um, I decided to put out a little uh, tweet or post or whatever you call it and uh, give my week zero power five uh, against the spread predictions, and I <laughs> went a solid 0 for 3 on all of them. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a good one, thing you don't you don't bet. One of them being Vandy uh, covering seven, you know, covering seventeen and a half, which um, they won by a measly seven against Hawaii. So the Vandy hype train is really taking a slow start. Listen, I thought that game was going to be a blowout. Like I did too. I, mean, I just, I guess, I didn't realize how bad that defense was, and maybe I overestimated the offense and and just paid more attention to the offense and the defense, but my mm-hmm. goodness. I mean, that was that was bad. But See, I think the anyway. AJ Swan – why are we talking about Vandy? Never mind. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about it. I was just going to – I was just going to say, I thought AJ Swan looked good, um, uh, especially in that first half. Um, but, I mean, Vandy definitely has some, uh, has some weapons on offense. Of course, we all know about Will Shepard. And then, like, they have some other guys – who are really kind of starting to pop off. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I 
I try to tell you guys to not uh, drink the Vandy Kool Aid, but and then you um, drank the Vandy Kool Aid, and then I drank it. Well, I only drank it for week zero because you know there wasn't much to look at. I mean, there's not a whole lot you know to bet on, and um, I just thought that Vandy would at least be good enough to beat Hawaii by more than 17 points, but obviously that's not doable. <laughs> so I feel like you've been you've been saving that for a little bit. You, you've been I ready. have. You, yes, I've been, been so ready for that. <laughs> well, guys, um, so as we were talking about before, what what do you guys expect Saturday um, as far as how the team plays? Do you guys think it's going to be a game in which to slow start like some week ones are, or do you think it's going to be like um, – a team that's going to be – I mean, that, they have some tough inside linebackers. How well is that run game going to play? Um, what, what are you guys kind of expecting? And, and what's the importance of a good first week? Um, do you – because, I mean, they're – 2021, that first game wasn't – who was it Miami that they played in week one? Yep. Um, it, that, that, that game was in great. Yeah, Louisiana Monroe. <laughs> and then the other game against Last Central Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Was it Central Michigan that Kentucky had after that? Um, uh, Twenty eighteen was Central Michigan. Okay, okay. Well, who was who was the team with the um, Brandon Eccles had the pick six? Chattanooga. That was Chattanooga. Chattanooga. That was like yeah. week three of twenty one. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That game kind of went down to the. I mean, fourth quarter. It was still halfway through the fourth quarter. It was still a game. Yeah. So, um, just how important are these games to you guys? I think they're super important. I mean, uh, I, li- I got to listen to Mark Stoops at his press conference today, and um, he he was talking mainly about, you know, there's always the, the first game jitters. You know, you're always a little nervous. You know, you want to get out there. You want to have everything be a smooth operation. But, you know, you're going to have your pre-snap penalties. You're going to have some things that are just not ironed out yet. But he seemed pretty adamant that he wants this to be a very clean game. And I think he's going to hold his, his very veteran um, quarterback, his, his veteran offensive line, veteran defense to that standard. And so I think this game is going to be super important, mainly because I I really want to get this game over by halftime because you have to get Devin Leary out of this ball game as quickly as possible. You do not need Devin Leary in this game in the fourth quarter by any means necessary you need him, you know, sitting with his pads off with the with the hat on, calling plays by midway through the third quarter. So this this game's super important. And then also you want the staff to get a good feel for all all the oars on the depth chart. I mean, you have we, we saw that today when they released it. I mean, there's tons of position groups where there's guys in big time position battles and I mean, all these guys are going to have to compete, and this is a major opportunity for all these guys to, you know, kind of pull away and maybe get a starting job. So I definitely think it's extremely important, and they they really need to come out and kind of fire on all cylinders and uh, take this game super serious. What about you, Braden? Yeah, um, I don't mean to sound like a coach here, but it's an important game because it's the next game. Uh, and, of course, it's the first game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jacob Thanks. brought up a lot of good well, – you're welcome. Uh, Jacob brought up a lot of good points, um, especially talking about, you know, all the oars on the depth chart. I don't know about you guys, but this feels like the most oars I've seen on a week one depth chart 
uh, in the Mark Stoops era. Like, would y'all agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, but what I'm uh, what I'm more uh, specifically interested in is that right tackle position. Uh, the, you know, kind of seeing uh, how far along uh, Jeremy Flax has come in his improvement. Because Stoops did say today that he feels like Flax has made uh, a pretty good improvement from last season. And then just seeing, you know, what talent we kind of have in Cortland Ford um, coming from USC. And, uh, of course, you know, that, that right tackle position is one of the most important on the offensive line. And um, one of the big keys to having success throughout this entire season is going to be uh, keeping uh, Devin Leary on his two feet uh, because we know that it, um, this is his senior year of, of playing college football and he's only played one season um, fully. So um, health is going to be a big thing for him, and to keep him healthy, we're going to have to keep him upright. So uh, I, I think that right tackle position is going to be something to keep an eye on. And then, of course, uh, just going through the motions. Um, Stoop said it a lot today, and Jacob, you mentioned it too. Um, you know, just working on the on the pre-snap penalties and just going through the, the technicalities of the game. And, uh, you know, I mean, just be ready. You know, we're going to have some – false starts and some offsides and some, you know, those ticky-tack just flags you get in these first couple weeks of the season as they kind of get things ironed out. And, um, you know, but you'd rather go ahead and get these mistakes out of the way when you're playing Ball State rather than having these mistakes in week five when you're playing Florida at home. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this game is important because, you know, obviously you can't start 0-1 against Ball State and – this is really just a feel out game to see where Kentucky is. And uh, so, yeah, so that's why this game's so important. Yeah. You, you know, it right on the head, Braden about, I, I think right tackle, I think it's going to be a spot in which it's going to be not based around the first game. I think we're going to see round three, week three or four, um, wink, wink, what exactly that is going to entail. Um, at that position, I, I, I think, you know, just hitting the same guy in practice um, day in and day out, it, it doesn't really say a whole lot about how you are and how you're evaluated as a player. Um, on Saturdays, it, it's going to look a lot different, a lot different than what it is on Monday and Tuesday, right? So, um, and, and, and Braden, you were right. I, I think there's going to be a lot of going through the motions. I think that Stoops is – and he, he mentioned this today about he is a, he does have a pro-style offense. Um, and then he kind of gave a nod. Which I don't know if it was a diss to Rich Gangarello. I like to think it is because he said, we don't need the entire play clock. We want to have a rhythm, but as well play with a pro-style offense. So, I know that too. I, I thought it was a shot as well. That's that's what it sounded like. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, I think this game is important for a variety of reasons. I think we're going to see a lot more confidence built in that running back group. Um, I mean, they're fairly confident as it is, but I, I don't think um, I, I don't think Jacob that it's 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 going to be a big Devin Leary game. I don't think that Liam Cohen is one gonna, is going to want to show everything off. It's it's going to be fun to watch, of course. Any Liam Cohen offense um, and, and that play specifically that comes to mind is that Wandell screen that. Um, beautifully drawn up where Cavazier was, was in the, was in the backfield and sprinted 10 yards West or East to, I mean, nail a drill a guy 
and Wandell ends up making a move in, in the open field and running it for 50 yards. But just I don't I don't look for a whole lot of that. However, I do look I look for Sumo to get in the slot a lot. I think he's gonna be a player that's excuse me, I think he's gonna be available in the slot a lot. I mean I he, he he's gonna get the ball. He's gonna be able to make some men miss in the open field. Um <clears throat> and that running game as a whole is is one that's going to I think is going to be the clear um number one best group Saturday. Um but at least on the offensive side, is is that probably a fair assessment from me? Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, I think just like as a group as a whole, all I'd say the tight ends, uh, not necessarily in the passing game, but I think just like in the, uh, in run blocking and just seeing the kind of personnel we put out on the field, I think the tight end room will kind of be the most uh, uh, impactful. I guess. Well, I'm interested but, yeah. to see how many tight ends they want to, they're going to play because yeah. you're right. I mean, when it comes to the blocking and and everything, I mean, we talked about Brendan Bates losing all that all that weight so he could get out there and, and run some routes to be able to catch balls. That's that's just going to add so much to their dynamic. I mean, that's it's a tough position to play, but at the same time, with the guys that we got, the depth that Kentucky has at that position, I think it's going to be and and. You're right. And when it comes to passing, I'm not like I said. I'm not sure how much we're gonna see. Um, I want to see Isaiah coming, so have a couple of nice catches just to say I'm back. Um, it'd be nice to have him have a, have a player too. Maybe Tavion Robinson have a have a um, a breakout play and um, just to get some momentum under those guys' feet as we take this thing off, man. Anybody yeah, have anything? That's great. That? <laughs> no, let's go to the next topic. That's great. I thought you were gonna. Well, like you left me speechless. I thought we were going to the next topic. I did too. Wow, there's, there's not many times I actually. Read, so. yeah. Um, we we kind of touched I'm on it a little a bit. Talker. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, you're not a big eater, too. <laughs> I'm, I listen. I'm uh, like over the past year or so, I've really kind of taken off in my eating. Um, if you want any, uh, if you want any evidence, just look at my gut. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very much starting to show up and especially with, you know, football game kickoff, it's, it's going to get even bigger. So with the wings and the, I mean, it's going to be, what? it's going to be. The, what? Say it. And the what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm waiting. And, and, and like the little smokies, you know. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I won't. I won't get into the rest of it. But yeah, the wings, and the little smokies are gonna be are are gonna be very prevalent this this you're fall. Almost, you're almost 21, Brayden, aren't you? I am. Well, when you when you turn 21? I I turned 21 on New Year's Eve. Oh. Okay. Boy. Okay, so you're yep. gonna have the whole NFL playoff experience. Or it should be at the Tyler concert, you know. Oh, I'll be there for sure. Um, well, I can't wait. If you're going to get me tickets for that, you know, I'm not going to get you tickets, but I will <laughs> buy you a beer at the concert. Well, I can't. Well, you can't buy me one if if you don't buy me a ticket, <laughs> unless you take it out of the stadium and bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to get by with that. If, if I did, it'd be warm. I mean, I, you I can sneak it into your purse. <laughs> How about this? I'll just meet you at the bars after. 
Great. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> also, that's probably around the time Kentucky will be playing in the New Year's Six um, or the playoffs. I think you missed so. a college football playoff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> one of the two. I mean, either one I'd be happy with. But, um, yeah, so we kind of touched on it a little bit. How exactly – how much exactly do you think we're going to see Devin Leary play? Because I, I can see a scenario where they get up a couple of touchdowns. Hopefully they don't try and um, stall ball too quick because we've seen in the past where, where that can come back and, and bite teams in the rear. But um, I'm kind of of the belief that halfway through the third quarter maybe, up up maybe three touchdowns, you know, you let the other guys come in. We saw on the depth chart, which we are going to get to, Kai Sharon likely going to be QB2. Um, I, would, I, I would like to see Kai get in there. And and maybe maybe get some in game reps um, because we're not really accustomed to seeing seeing them do that very much. Yeah, I think that's probably about where I'm at with uh, about mid third quarter, maybe maybe twenty one twenty four point lead. Um, but I, I I think it would be good to see um, Kai Sharon in there, you know, to get some live action game reps and. Um, maybe to get Devin Leary on the sidelines to, you know, maybe get in there and, you know, get on the other side of the, uh, of the ball and be able to, you know, call plays in and, you know, do the hand signals and all that stuff, kind of get on the other side of that for a little bit. Um, but it, it should be interesting. I think we should, we should be able to handle ball state. I, I mean, they're, they're a talented Mac team, but I, I just think Kentucky's roster overall should be able to handle them. So I, I'm with you in the, in the 21 to 24 point range, probably mid third quarter. How about like the scheme? Like how much do you think Liam Cohen wants to dial him up though? I mean, is it a whole, whole lot? Is, is it more, is it less restricted with Kaya in there knowing that any team that watches that tape isn't going to um, put as much trust in how that offense is going to be run with, a player like Devin Leary in the game? Yeah, so I think you're going to see a pretty reserved all around, no matter who's in there, because like you said, you don't want to release film on anything, whether it's QB2 or QB1, film is film. So teams are going to be able to pick up on, you know, schemes, formations, you know, personnel, who all's in there. So I, th- I think it's going to be fairly run heavy. Um, I think they're going to try to, kind of get back to their physical, especially after last year where they couldn't run the ball. I really think Stoops really wants to get back to kind of imposing their will in the ground game with their offensive line, finally shifting all their pieces back into their original positions and, you know, bringing in the new transfer tackle and getting Flax or Ford in there at right tackle. Maybe just try to get the ground game going, you know, work a little play action, but try not to release a whole bunch. And I I don't think that's going to change whether they – Lear, whether Leary's in there or Sharon's in there. With that with that run scheme, the zone run scheme that they have too is something that I think Kentucky fans took a lot for granted um, in 2021. But how about you, Braden? Yeah, um, as far as Leary goes, I hope to everything holy that there is no reason for Leary to be in the game in the fourth quarter. So um, I'm kind of siding with you guys when it comes to when uh, he'll be pulled from the game. I'm hoping – Mid third quarter, uh, you know, you you let him get that entire first half under his belt, and then a few drives in the in the second half. But um, 
I will um, I will side a little differently from you guys on this. I think we're going to see a little bit more of Devin Leary throwing the ball uh, than maybe what you guys expect. I kind of look back to that to that first game of the 2021 season with uh, Will Levis, where um, uh, if my memory serves me right, I'm wanting to say he went, and I don't have anything in front of me, so this is just me guessing. I think he went like 18 for 26 and like 367 yards and four touchdowns and a pick. Um, I, I'm not saying he'll have quite that um, quite that stat sheet, but uh, I think we'll see some down the field passing uh, just to kind of get an idea of what we've got. Because um, I mean, I'm sure you guys remember that first game with uh, Levis and Cohen. The first two touchdowns of the season were were deep passes to Wandale and then Wandale, to Josh yeah. Ali. Um, so um, I'm hoping for something similar to that. Uh, just with Barry and Brown and uh, Dane Key instead. Um, so I think – and then, of course, I, I think it will just help Leary um, where he hasn't really played football for almost a whole calendar year. Uh, and, and, I mean, I mean, what, he got hurt in October of last year, I believe. Um, yeah. So I think it'll be – I think it'll be beneficial uh, for him to just kind of, you know, get out there and kind of get loose and, uh, you know, kind of get back in the motions of playing an actual uh, football game. And uh, so I anticipate Leary to get uh, maybe a little bit more play than what you guys anticipate. Um, I wouldn't say any more than like 25 passes. That's probably about the max I see. But um, but I definitely uh, see some shots being dialed up just to kind of see, you know, how the timing is on, on those deep routes and just kind of see where everyone's at. So, uh, but I definitely agree with you guys on him being pulled by the by the midway point of the third quarter, but maybe just a little bit more um, offensively schemed towards the passing game than what you guys would expect. Right. Okay. Well, that's fair points. Um, another big news thing today, of course, um, as we lead up to these games, we get a Monday um, presser by Mark Stoops and 30 minutes before that we get the depth chart so week one depth chart come out today guys offense I mean we got we got Marcus Cox Kenneth Horsey Jagger Burton Eli Cox Jeremy Flax Brennan Bates Jordan Dingle Tavian Robinson Dan Key Barryon Brown Devin Leary uh, Ray Davis on the offense does anything surprise you about the starters or maybe the backups not not Really, the the one the one thing that kind of stood out to me was Anthony Brown Stevens, the true freshman at uh, Springfield, Ohio. It he's already listed as the backup to Barry and Brown, um, an outside receiver, which I thought that was interesting because he's listed at five ten, and I think that's awfully generous. So I'm kind of surprised he's not kind of listed in that slot, kind of behind Tavion Robinson, but. I think I'm fine with them putting, you know, the six best receivers in the in those three spots, you know, too deep and just letting them go out there and play whatever position. Just get your six best receivers on the field whenever you can. And for for right tackle, obviously, um, I, I felt like that or was coming. I mean, I thought Jeremy Flax, I, I really like what I heard from the coaching staff what they've been saying about him, how he's taken a leap, you know, but consistency. I mean, 
Ford and Flax, they have to find consistency somewhere. One of these guys has to take these first three games and, and, and just run with this job and not look back because if one of these guys can can hold down this right tackle job, this offensive line has a chance to be special. I mean, you look at Kenneth Horsey. Last year he was not a left tackle, and I felt so bad for the guy because he was getting a ton of hate. The guy was not a tackle at one bit, but he sacrificed his self for the team. He He's a left guard through and through. I mean, all-conference guard at that. And then, you know, you got Jagger Burton who – has snaps at, at guard in the SEC and, and did well. Ha, had a little trouble with one-on-one blocking and pass pro, but, you know, you put him at center, you know, where he can double team with Horsey or Cox on the left or right. Eli Cox was a all-freshman, all-American at, at uh, guard. I mean, he's going to be incredible. And then, I mean, the only question on the line is tackle. I mean, if one of those guys runs away with that, I, I truly think this can be, you know, a top half offensive line in the SEC. Uh, nothing really surprised me, honestly. Uh, the only thing that really pops out of me, uh, well, first of all, I will say this. The, f- the first thing that popped out to me is I didn't realize Anthony Brown's name was hyphenated. I didn't realize his name was Anthony Brown Stevens, which maybe that's yeah, a that thing on my part. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, so that kind of <laughs> Wow, someone came me. unprepared again. <laughs> I'm never <laughs> unprepared. Anyway, uh, and then really – um, I anticipated that. Uh, uh, I anticipated that like Jutah uh, McLean would kind of get get that RB two spot uh, designation, but seeing like you got three guys in that or position uh, after Ray Davis, um, so really, I guess my takeaway from that is is that we're going to see all three of those guys quite a bit. Um, this is, I mean, of course, Ray Davis is going to get a bulk of the snaps and the carries. But, I mean, uh, after that, I mean, I think this is going to be a true uh, running back by committee. Um, and and I anticipate to see all three of those guys quite a bit. So, that's really yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that that's something that Kentucky hadn't seen. Kentucky hadn't seen that since the beginning years of, of Mark Stoops. And the thing about these guys is they all bring something different, um, like those young teams did way, you know, a decade ago before Braden was – old enough to walk. Um, <laughs> so, um, guys, we look at the special teams. New kicker. Um, coming in over chance poor Alex Rayner. You guys excited for him? Um, Stoops, Stoops alluded today and said that, um, and I'm not singling anybody out, and he didn't either, but just how there are fewer mistakes now. And that's something that I think Kentucky has wanted to see. Uh, new long snapper, new short snapper, two different guys. Um, something that I don't think Kentucky's um, Kentucky's seen. But um, well, what about the kicker game? Are, are you guys excited for that? I'm super excited. I, I've I've talked to quite a few Georgia State or Georgia Southern fans, excuse me, um, that they were they were kind of shocked that he left. Um, they said he kind of needed to change the scenery and that they thought he his kicking talent he I mean he could have gone anywhere um this guy was an all conference selection and i i don't know the kicking award for college football is that it's not ray guy cuz it's not the punter it is but, is it Lou Garza Lou is that Garza. something yeah. is that right um but he i'm pretty sure he was a finalist or on a watch list for that award or is that the punter 
I don't know. One of them. Keep going. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, they said he needed to change the scenery, and he he committed to Kentucky. And Mark Stoops mentioned today in his press conference that they had a high intensity um, practice session the other day, so they got the team surrounding them and had the defense, you know, line up against the field goal unit to kind of give them a in game feel and said he went nine for 10 and only missed the last one. And it was from 55 yards out and he kind of chuckled and he said, let's keep it up. So I think, yeah, I think he's pretty confident in his kicker and that that makes me confident. Yeah. I just hope we can make a routine look routine when it comes to special teams. Cause last year, <laughs> whatever, whether it was a field goal attempt or a punt or whatever it was, i Always kind of had to clench my butt cheeks a little bit before they went out there, and um, and uh, so all I hope is is that you know this kicking unit can make routine look routine, and uh, like uh, Jacob said, going nine for ten in those high intensity moments. I mean, I'll take a ninety percent uh, field goal uh, uh, percentage uh, every day of the week, um, but. And as far as that 55-yarder goes that he alluded to, Stoops said that, you know, he had the leg. He just – I think he missed it like right or something. Uh, so, it, 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 it's nice to know that we have a kicker who's got the leg to make it from that far because, I mean, uh, Matt Ruffalo, unfortunately, didn't really have the leg to get it that far. Um, so, that's 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 encouraging. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic – about our kicking game this season, but um, I would rather just put it in the end zone. So let's not worry about even kicking it anyway. Yeah, well, this is a change of subject, but what's okay. the uh, what's the over under that Barryon Brown gets kicked to Saturday? I'm gonna uh, go one and a half. Oh. Ugh. I don't know how good Ball State's kicker is, unfortunately. I mean, they might try. I'd rather, if I, I mean, were, I'd rather gonna, kick it out of bounds than the kick I, it I'm to gonna, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to assume that their intentions is to kick it to him zero times, but um, I, oh, he's going to get his hand on that ball. I'll go okay. over. Like, I, I think he'll get two. Uh, maybe not on purpose, but I think he'll get two. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Braden. I think they'll screw up and maybe kick it to them twice, and then they'll learn their lesson after two big kick returns. What do you, what do you think? What do you guys think he's gonna get? Like, are, are we feeling like a 40, 50 yard return? Or, uh, like, like I won't say that for the first game. Like, I know he came on the scene really, uh, really big time last year in that Miami game, but like, I'll I'll reserve my Barry and Brown uh, kickoff returns for later on. Yeah, I'm going to go like 30-yard average, maybe like a 20 and maybe like a 35-yard return. No, nothing crazy, but not bad. Well, that wouldn't be a 30-yard average. Well, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I wanted to walk. He was going to say 40, but then he realized that's what I yeah, was kind of That's kind of <laughs> steep. That's a little steep there. <laughs> well, nothing would surprise me with that kid. I mean, he is lightning fast. Electric. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is what you want in a college football wide receiver. Like he could have gone anywhere to play, and I, I think we saw that during his. Well, we saw it with 
the whole Tennessee thing during situation. The, you know, I was gonna say during the trip down to Neyland. Yeah, we we saw it. Well, that that wasn't. Yeah, that was him. Uh, we saw it in um, you know, his whole his his entire recruitment to the day that he signed at UK. Saban was calling him every day. So I I think Saban definitely saw something in him, and 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 I mean that guy is. If Kentucky can hold on to him until next year and, and save him for one more season with Kentucky, that's going to be huge uh, moving forward. But um, let's see, what else? Did, any other kind of surprises that hit you guys from the depth chart? Um, for me, I'm was kind of surprised that um, Kentucky didn't or Kentucky didn't add Jansen Dunn. Um, to the depth chart. Yeah. That was my biggest takeaway. Um, but what about you guys? Yeah. Um, I. I mean, I kind of figured this was coming, but at, at Nickelback and kind of strong side linebacker, I think you have two really good options, and Alex Safari and Keaton or Keaton Wade. Um, I mean, those are two very good guys who. I mean, you can kind I'm, of up based on scheme. I mean, if you want, you know, another edge rusher, I mean, you can go Keaton Wade, who kind of, you know, is the is the taller, thicker, you know. 6'5", 250. 250, yeah. I mean, he can get down, put a hand in the dirt, and, you know, be an edge rusher if you need it. Or you can put in Alex Safari, who's 6'2", 214, who can kind of be an extra DB if you need. Um, I, I thought that was interesting how they can kind of set that up to where they can – shift that to where they need scheme wise. And then um, I, I really thought it was interesting about Jordan Robinson, um, the Livingston community college transfer from, I think two years ago. Um, he's listed at six four two oh eight, and he's the backup to Andrew Phillips. Um, he was kind of a late addition and everybody was kind of quiet about him and, He's just kind of worked his way up, and all of a sudden he's in the two deep at corner, and everybody's wondering who's this six foot four DB that you know stoops usually drools over tall, lengthy DBs like that. So I, that's going to be interesting to see how he how he plays behind Andrew Phillips. Yeah, nothing crazy uh, popping out to me on the defensive side. It's kind of all what we expected, uh, besides what Jordan or sorry Jacob already alluded to. Uh, one thing that did kind of surprise me, and it's not really that big of a deal, but uh, at that nose guard position, uh, having the the uh, or uh, next to Josiah Hayes and Keyshawn Silver, I mean, from what we had uh, heard throughout camp and going back to the spring, I mean, it seemed to me like Keyshawn Silver had kind of like had a grip on that nose guard position, but it seems like there was obviously like a like a, a true battle going on there between him and Josiah Hayes. Of course, Hayes has been in the program for a long time, and he's got seniority and all that good stuff. But, um, I mean, the way well, – it, helped, it, just, it doesn't help that Keyshawn Silver got banged up, too. I mean, Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. A couple of weeks definitely. Of, of fall camp. But, um, and, I mean, I mean, and this may change after week one, but I guess I was just a, a, a not, not like overly shocked, but just a little surprised that there was that or next to them. But other than that, nothing really – uh, hops off, hops off with the page at me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as we turn into turn this new page into the twenty twenty three season, we we look at the youth that Kentucky has plus 
the experience at the same time, which is something that I don't think really Kentucky's had since their early days, and it wasn't for the right reasons. Um, but I, I think that this defensive group shows a lot of promise and can go down as one of the better defenses um, that Brad White has, has been a part of at the university. Um, I, I don't. I'm not quite ready to say he's gonna. They're gonna be on that 2018 level yet, but I I, I can see a scenario where conversations are being made by the end of the year. Um, if you guys agree with that, what what what's it gonna take for Kentucky to get to that point? Um, is it is it the personnel? Is it the schemes? Or is it what is it? I mean, I trust Brad White. His mindset, um, and a lot of it is is just luck of the draw too. Which players are gonna get hurt? Um, but, but, but Jacob, what, what's your take on that? Right. So I, so looking at the depth chart, I have three things that I really am looking at that I think could really take this defense to the next level. So number one is Brad White has to utilize the defensive tackle depth. I mean, you have a defensive end, Octavius Oxendine, Trevon Ripka, both guys that have played before both. Octavius Oxenine is finally back to a good playing weight. Both of those guys should be con- major contributors at defensive end, probably maybe 60-40 at reps, maybe 50-50. At nose guard, like Braden just talked about, you have a Josiah Hayes or Keyshawn Silver, both both 315-plus, I mean, absolute monsters in the middle, can eat up multiple blocks. And then you have, obviously, Deion Walker, and, and then you have Khalil Saunders backing him up. I mean, that, that's six guys right there that are all, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, plus, you know, all hovering around probably 300 average that are a bunch of dudes. I mean, if, if we utilize those guys and, and they can really cause havoc on the offensive line, those guys can really open up things for our, our really athletic linebackers like Trevin Wallace and, and Derek Jackson to kind of, sift through all the BS going on in the offensive line and kind of find the ball carrier and make tackles. So I th- that that's one. Uh, two is utilize our our safety depth. I, d- I don't think a lot of people are talking about how good our safety depth is right now. Um, I think it's one of the top groups in the SEC, in my opinion, just because you look at it, at strong safety, you're, you're getting Jalen Geiger back from – uh, a season-ending inj- injury last year who was going to have a breakout year, very good player. You have Zion Childress who reminds me of kind of like a Mike Edwards, but he, he's a little bit thicker. He's he's listed at six foot 200 pounds, so he's kind of built like a linebacker. I mean, you could bring him down in the box, and he can play. He can help and run support, he, he and he can cover. And then at free safety, you have Jordan Lovett who – played fantastic last year. I am over the moon about this guy and how we get him for another two two years after this year. So I think that's super important. And then the third one is you, we have to keep our linebackers healthy. I know in the SEC it is a grind and linebackers are all over making tackles and they get beat up. But Trevin Wallace and De'Eric Jackson's health is crucial to our team this year. If if one of those guys goes down, I mean, we have Martez Thrower and Devin Rayner, who's the NIU transfer. I mean, those guys are serviceable, but you know, what if what if Martez Thrower goes down after Trevin Wallace gets hurt? I mean, you never know. I mean, depth 
depth gets tested very quickly at linebacker this year. So I think that's one thing that uh, we definitely have to keep an eye on. But if all three of those things go well, I really think this defense is going to be special. And to add to your point about Derek Jackson and Trevin Wallace, I mean, we even heard it since the spring how much they um, have kind of owned up to becoming the leaders of that room Mm -hmm. and how important, just how important it is with, the addition of J.J. Weaver on the, on the outside to be able to establish a game that DeAndre Square kind of had last season and, and, right. and be able to establish that role. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. That's a position of concern if somebody were to get banged up, and that position does get banged up quite a bit. Definitely. So, um, probably, I would say probably probably the most on the defensive side. Um, but, 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 Brayton, what um, – any thoughts from you on that? Yeah, uh, so as far as the defense goes, first of all, uh, Jacob hit on three really good points. Um, for anyone who who likes to read uh, catscoverage.com, you may have seen my post I've done over the last couple of weeks talking about um, my optimistic and pessimistic views on both sides of the ball. Defensively, I didn't read I talked, it. I'm sure you didn't. I mean, I mean I'm not surprised because you know how to read. But um, <laughs> defensively, I mean – defensively for my uh, optimistic post, I had like, you know, five, six six paragraphs, something like that. And then for the pessimism post, I was, it was pretty short because overall I feel really good about what Kentucky has defensively. Uh, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Jacob talked about the D line and and the depth we have. Uh, I mean, like the linebacker position is talented, but it, 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 you guys already talked about it. Like it is a little thin. Uh, And then safeties, I think is, is one of the underrated uh, groups on this team, uh, like Jacob talked about. And so, really, it all comes down to me to the in, to those cornerbacks. Uh, you know, we've seen some of what uh, Max Harrison and uh, Andrew Phillips have to offer. Um, you know, they've had some playing time throughout the past couple of years, but now they're you know they're the guys now. Uh, they're Max Harrison's know, kind of kind of been the tall the talk of the fall camp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is, and, he is getting a lot of praise. And I think we saw that last year. Um, mm-hmm. I, if I remember correctly, it was like he would make a really big play and then screw it up on another one and give up a <laughs> you know a, a forty yard touchdown pass. But yeah, which um, that happens with youth, of course. But yeah, um, of course. And, but I, yeah, consistency is 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 really seems like it's coming along. I've been to one of the practices, and um, you could tell there was definitely more of a competitive um you know experience driven player in 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 max definitely and even going back to you know last year's fall camp you were starting to hear his name uh thrown around quite a bit and now he's got that full year under his belt and now he becomes you know i mean like the top guy for the cornerbacks um so really it's going to come down to you know what do we have behind those two guys and uh you know you guys mentioned dunn and hardaway and um jordan robinson um, really, it, I think what's going to hold this defense back from being one of the elite groups in the SEC is whether or not, you know, these cornerbacks can step up to the plate. And um, like I said, we know we got in Max Harrison a little bit and in Andrew Phillips because we've seen them in the program. But, um, you know, uh, JQ Hardaway come from Cincinnati. He, he did play in 11 games last year at Cincinnati as a true freshman. But, um, you know, not that stats tell the whole story, but I mean his stats won't pop off on the page. But you do like that eleven game experience. 
And then, you know, honestly, not seeing Dunn on the depth chart does concern me a little bit. Uh, it makes me wonder, you know, what's going on there. And that's not to say that Jordan Robinson hasn't had a good camp, but um, it, it does raise some uh, reason of concern for me. But, uh, but yeah, so cornerback is definitely uh, where I think uh, Brad White – and Stoops even said this in the press conference today. Cause, uh, someone asked him about, you know, um, why having a guy like Brad White so important. And he talked about his, you know, his um, his knowledge in linebacker linebackers because that's his roots. But uh, Stoops also said that he's very knowledgeable when it comes to the secondary. And, of course, Stoops is as well uh, with his uh, background in the secondary. So I think it's going to be really important for the coaching staff to kind of figure out throughout the season what they have in that cornerback room because it's pretty inexperienced and pretty young. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I feel really good about the defense as a whole. Yeah, hey amen. I'm right there with you. Um, but, well, that's that's about everything I, I want to discuss on this podcast. Um, guys, I cannot believe we're only four days away from kickoff. That is crazy. This offseason has flown by. I'm so glad to be able to get back into the um, the rhythm of everything. Um, it's it, It's so exciting, man. This is my favorite time of the year. But uh, that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Braden and and uh, and Jacob for coming on. Um, it's, it's been a blast as always. I can't wait to talk next next week. Um, hopefully about a Kentucky win after we um, whip some Ball get... State. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even. What, what's their mascot? Cardinal. It's a <clears throat> Cardinal. Oh yeah, it is a Cardinal. Hey, cardinal, so. you know what's great, though, is that we get to beat a Cardinal at the beginning of the season and then beat a Cardinal at the end of the season. That's right. <laughs> don't uh, ask Vegas and, about that because they, they'll yeah, probably disagree. Vegas is – I don't know why they like to ride Louisville so hard. But um, shout out to Uncle Vinny. You need to get your guys in Vegas to stop pulling for Louisville so hard. Uh, but for any Ball State fans who happen to tune into this podcast, I'm sorry we didn't talk about your team. Uh, but your team is so bad that we don't need to talk about them because this is about Kentucky, and Kentucky is going to go out there this Saturday, and they're going to whip some tail. So just be ready for that. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, let's talk about their quarterback, a starter at Alabama. No, let's not. Now now, well, now, to, Al- now to Ball State. Um, Jacob, you turn on the tape. What do you see from this? I, I, man, he's bounced around a ton, hasn't he? I mean <laughs> – Alabama, <laughs> Arkansas State, and to Texas State, and now to Ball State. I mean, I mean the guy's thrown for ten thousand yards and eighty-five plus touchdowns and thirty-five plus interceptions in his career. I mean, Woo. but the thing was is that there's a, a underclassman quarterback who was giving him a run for his money for quarterback one, and that they were really, Kelly. Yeah, you're talking about or, yeah. I can't remember his last name's uh, – it's really hard to pronounce. I can't remember his last name. But said uh, – was giving him everything he wanted for QB1, but said they went with the more experienced guy for week one. But, um, I mean, you look at their team. I mean, they returned three starters on the offensive line. Um, I mean, they're an average Mac offensive line. Our defensive line should be able to, to take care of that. They have an outstanding – I mean, absolutely – Incredible um, running back. What? That's all Stoops talking about. You turn on the tape, and that, that's what Mark Stoops is going to watch anyway, regardless. That's right. so. 
they have an incredible running back named Mark Quez Cooper who transferred in from Kent State who had like 2,500 yards and 20-plus touchdowns. Um, he's very good, but they don't have any wide receiver depth or uh, they have an all-conference tight end who he had an ankle injury last week and he was in a boot as of last Saturday and he was listed as day-to-day. So, well, he's going to be back in a boot this Saturday after uh, Trevin Wallace blows him up. That's right. So we'll have to keep an eye out on that. But and then their defense. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Mark Stoops, so I'm not going to sit here and praise them. But they're a MAC defense. I mean, their front seven is their front seven. We should be able to take care of them. So <laughs> I'm not real worried about it. Besides yeah. besides our free safety, Braden, who are your favorite three players on uh, Ball State's team? Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just take a page out of, um, out of Jacob's book right here. Uh, their quarterback is their quarterback. Uh, their offensive line is their offensive line. Uh, their wide receivers are their wide receivers and so on and so forth. Um, I, you know, I don't know any Ball State alum. <laughs> Think about it. Um so, I mean, I'm sure there's some great Ball State alone, um, and I'm sure there's some great current players, but they are no Devin Leary. They are no Ray Davis. They are no uh, Deion Walker. They are no J.Q. Hardaway, and so on and so forth. Um, so, honestly, this week is all about Kentucky, and that's no disrespect to Ball State. That's just how it is whenever you're an SEC team playing a MAC school, unless unless the SEC team is Vanderbilt. Then they, then they need to take them very seriously. Um, so, yeah, um, this week's about Kentucky and making sure that, you know, Kentucky's doing what they need to do. And as long as they uh, do what they need to do, then, like, we'll be 1-0 this time next week talking about a, a butt whooping that we put on Ball State. Yeah. All right. Well, you said it best. So, uh, with that being said, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and – what was that? I said – you said I say it best. I always say it best. Mm. With that being said, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you guys go for the night. It has been a long day for me. I'm sure it's been a long day for you guys as well. Um, finally getting back into the grind of everything. So um, here we are, just a couple days out. Can't wait to talk to you guys next weekend. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So thank you for tuning in.